you're listening to watercolor wash a podcast where we talk about paintings mostly about watercolors for self-taught artists and whoever loves paintings my name is vasu and we are together in this journey hello and welcome back so in today's episode uh, before i start i just wanted to say thanks uh, to one of my listeners todd ziegler thank you for reaching out todd and uh, i really appreciate uh, the feedbacks and i'm so happy that uh, uh, you find my podcast helping and i i will i would like to try to answer a couple of questions that you asked and at the same time i have sent out a message to you um i'm really sorry i got a little bit delayed on the message because it came in the hidden uh, part of my instagram and i didn't check it for a while and then when i saw it i uh, then i figured out somebody has messaged me and uh, that's a listener uh, from now on i'll try to look at uh, my hidden messages every day uh, at least once so thank you for reaching out todd and uh as as you mentioned that you love to paint uh, flowers in watercolor and gouache uh, and uh, but you have some issues uh, which are uh, making it look a little bit muddy and how how to cure it so in today's uh, episode i'm going to talk mostly about a cleaner watercolor so i would li- like to touch upon your topic uh, touch upon your question as well So I had this uh, idea of this episode earlier a couple of months earlier uh, but I didn't uh, put it out at once uh, since uh, it's like weekly twice the po- the podcast is uh, weekly twice I'm uh, being choose uh, a little bit choosy on uh, on what to produce and um, definitely it's going to be a very long journey uh, for me in this podcast so i'm uh, trying to release one by one i'll talk about a few artists in some of the episodes and most of the episodes will be dedicated on the craft of watercolor how to improve how to enhance and this this podcast is definitely mostly for self taught artists and the beginners uh, because i remember that i wa- i was very much interested in podcast and when i was learning watercolor in the beginning I didn't find much stuff that was uh, dedicated to the t- techniques and dedicated to the discussions of watercolor. So that's another reason that I started this podcast. So let's begin uh, today's episode and uh, there are a few things that I want to uh, discuss before I jump into the main topic. And um, another thing that I always I always uh, try to uh, to put more weight on is how to control your water and that uh, brings down all the questions uh, all the questions are fairly related to to how do you control your watercolor even the question of uh, like a cleaner painting or a muddy painting or a overworked painting comes down to how to control your watercolor so there are a couple of uh, things that um, that we need to take care of so number one is the material and material is if you are painting in gouache uh, i don't think paper really matters a lot 
unless there are like you know very flat washes and very big size washes and then at that point of time paper may uh, play a very huge role in a gouache painting uh, but in a gouache painting a paper doesn't play that much role since uh, it's a uh, opaque and um, it's an opaque medium and some of the pigments are transparent as well but it's gouache is uh, it's kind of a oil paint which can be used with water it's is the set of pigments that are opaque but can be used with water and it also has some uh, level of transparency so in that case uh, paper doesn't matter but in case of watercolor paper definitely matters second thing is um, the paint uh, the watercolor paint itself is a unique uh, pigment and uh, it has to be so some of the cheap brands definitely comes with muddy composition on it but if you are painting with a good brand and even then you are getting some muddy results it could be it could be the mixing of the paint on the palette so it is so important to create a homogeneous mixture of the paint in the palette so that you cannot see any pigment in when you, while you are mixing it so when you let's say you take uh, fresh uh, you take out fresh paint um, in a, uh, from the tube and and then you put out uh, put your brush and try to mix it on the palette at the beginning you will definitely see a lot of pigments and the paint is thick at that point of time at the same time it already has some wetness in it so it will not um, so it's 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 uh, it's already very concentrated mix of paint that you have got with lesser flow and then you add a little bit of water to that and once you add a little bit of water to that it becomes a little bit um it's it becomes a little bit lighter and at that point of time not just lighter just look into the palette have a clean palette first of all uh, i would suggest uh, the palette surface is white so that you can see whatever color you are putting in um, is being mixed correctly or not so you shouldn't be able to see dots in that palette so that is a clean mix of paint and now let's come back to uh, let's say you have a palette which you already uh, put a lot of uh, color on it in the beginning and once you had that lot of color in the in the palette in the beginning and now it has dried down and you are trying to paint something new from the old palette and which is usually everybody's palette i i put fresh colors like uh, maybe once or like once in a two week or maybe once in a week it depends which colors some of so some of my colors are sorry uh, some of my colors are sitting there for like months and some un, uh, some colors that i use a lot especially like ultramarine blue cobalt blue burnt umber burnt sienna some some sort of red and yellows so these are the colors i use mostly i i majorly paint with um, primary colors but i still get every color in the palette that is needed to uh, that is needed to paint a painting my colors are quite accurate and close to nature so you can always produce that uh, those colors 
uh, from the primary and a little bit of uh, secondary colors. So, uh, uh, so if you are if your color is dried down in your palette, and which happens like every day, and when you start painting again from the same palette, what happens is when at this point of time your paint is solid. So whatever you have to take out of that uh, that cube is going to be your brush with the help of some water. Another way, so if you take a little bit of water in your brush and you take the first paint, that's not the finest uh, mixture. You know, you will get very less pigment in the beginning to start with. And if you put it on a paper, you will see it is the thinnest. That will not give you the good thick paint. So make sure that um, you don't pour so much water but you keep dragging it you keep dragging it in, in inside that cube and then once you get like you know enough confidence and then mix it again see it in the palette if you can see any dots mix it again and until and unless you're satisfied with the consistency of the color uh, with the viscosity of the color the, uh, and you attain a certain flow so flow is very, very important in watercolor. Uh, for instance, like I majorly uh, paint a lot of things in dry brush technique. And in dry brush technique, if you don't have consistent color or accurate uh, thickness of the paint, at that point what happens is either you go too dry and you leave so many uh, troughs and crests in the paper, like so many patches in the paper which are white and it becomes uh, it becomes bad of course it's a great uh, dry brush uh, exercise to to leave some spots but at, at the same time it also did, doesn't give you a consistency of a line if you're trying to create a line or you're trying to create some texture uh, it doesn't go so you have to control the flow by controlling the consistency of the color the mix of the color so if you are mixing a color, there are three things to uh, take in account for. You have to have right amount of the color. Number one, you have to have right amount of the color. Number two, you have to have right intensity of the color. Not just uh, the amount of color, but the intensity. By intensity, what I mean is um, you should have the thick color. Thicker or lighter depends. So the intensity of the color that you are intending to put that should be accurate as well and number three is definitely water and uh, if you have the right amount of water you can definitely beat that part so yes uh, so if you take care of these three things provided your watercolor is of good quality and that's so in when i i have a episode uh, episode one uh, which is only about material and i talked nearly about an hour and uh, in that i talked in terms of cost, because watercolor can be a costly uh, endeavor for some. In fact, in in fact, for everyone, because the papers are not cheap. It's uh, it's really expensive paper, and I also mentioned how to overcome that uh, by buying in bulk, especially the rolls. Rolls are not great to cut. You know, you have to learn a few skills to cut, but uh, buying in bulk makes it. I think like 2.5 2. times to 3 times cheaper in many countries. In fact, in most countries where watercolor paper is not so cheap. And as in India, if you see, uh, if you 
if you try and buy uh, a good arches paper block it starts from 3000 rupees and 3000 rupees is nearly like 40 dollars 40 to uh, 45 dollars and if you buy a roll an arches roll it's around 15000 rupees uh, which is nearly a little bit lesser than 200 dollars a little bit lesser than 200 dollars and i and i think it's okay that price is that price is justified because you get like a 10 meter long uh, roll and you get uh, and you get a good amount of width as well so you, you got Im immense length and width and uh, and paper cutting from the roll is also a learning curve so don't cut the whole roll at once and uh, only cut like you know uh, some part of it and you have to wet it with a spray in the beginning uh, like you have to wet it to, so that it, the paper gets folded correctly and once the paper is folded uh, one good thing about roll though while you're cutting if you since you already wet your paper it uh, the good thing is you don't have to stretch it again and again the paper gets stretched in the beginning when you're while you're cutting it because you already made that paper really wet and then uh, then and then you're cutting it so it becomes uh, easier and more inexpensive if you buy in bulk and uh, yeah that that's another way so I, I just wanted to come back to the topic again but i'm just saying uh, yeah in the same uh, episode uh, i talked also about the watercolor so the paper is the most important thing but uh, paint uh, the watercolor paint tubes or paint cubes these are these are not of so much significance because you only have to make sure the brand that you're using does not have muddy um, muddy colors for instance there are only few brands you know which has muddy watercolor but usually most of the brands are really really good and Winsor and Newton I don't know how cheap it is in across the world um, the great uh, I'm, I'm very fortunate right now to be in China because of the um, uh, because of the prices of the colors I get here of course Daniel Smith is still very expensive here and all other colors Van Gogh is still very expensive uh, but like you know some of the factories that are set up in China uh, they they do not have to pay import import duty because it's being produced here so I get fairly good amount of um, cheaper watercolor and Winsor and Newton is great only only problem that you will find in most of the brands is you know some of the pigments are muddy and they can't help it for instance um, the burnt sienna sorry uh, burnt umber from Winsor and Newton if you use that color uh, with um, just as burnt umber it doesn't make any issue it doesn't get muddy but as soon as you you mix it with green as soon as you mix it with a few more other pigment uh, somehow uh, either it's due to their chemical reaction or um, I, I'm not so sure what it is but whenever I mix it with uh, like you know uh, some other color it, it creates that muddy um, and I found it in some of my uh, paintings that it created a little bit of um, a little bit of uh, of mud in there so to overcome that what I did is I tried to get the exact color that I need 
out of tube or as a byte as a separate color for instance in this case i was trying to create some sort of olive green and darker olive green with the help of sap green and uh, and burnt sienna and yellow sorry burnt umber and yellow so what i did is i actually bought olive green from vincent and newton so that is another way you can overcome this issue if you find a particular pigment uh, that is causing a problem so uh, that can help you and uh, what else can help you you know the, the consistency that you create in your palette that does like the most of the job but that the that was like the number one thing that could that could cause muddiness now let's talk about the second to- topic that uh, the painting technique that creates muddiness so uh, the, so even if your colors are consistent what happens in the palette especially around the second layer you know so the first layer you have a lighter color a lighter wash and in the second layer you try to increase the value of the either of the same color or maybe a different color to get a certain effect what happens in the second layer is you already have paint be- beneath you and that's a separate segment uh, pigment and already settled pigment but if your second layer is also having lot of water you know what what that will do is so it will interfere with the it will um, react with the first layer and some of the paint will try to come out some of the pigment will try to come out from there and it will get mixed with this new pigment so if you let it dry a little bit longer you can and if you control the water in the second layer both of these together can help you get a cleaner painting uh, and it's not very difficult to achieve that so if you don't have enough time you can use a hair dryer to dry your painting but uh, frankly uh, to use hair dryer i try to avoid that uh, the only reason is i do not stretch my paper like uh, on the tape like the masking tape all around it i don't do that i just put my paper <laughs> in the board because i already stretch it uh, with the water so when you do use the air blower what happens is um, it tries to dry on only on few locations of the paper and that part becomes wobbly so you have to um, to point the air air dryer in such a way that it is slant it's not direct and it is covering a lot of area not not just the one area that you are trying to dry so if you have taped it correctly then you can use a hair dryer to dry it faster or you can just let it naturally dry it and it's a good way you know to move away from your painting let it let it dry a little bit after a few layers and then come back and with controlled water put up the second layer and that's that's the best uh, advice i can give you on on controlling that third thing that is very important is you know usually as todd mentioned uh that he he loves to uh, to paint flowers and uh, flowers are usually you know a small subject and a smaller subject and it requires some sort of detail 
so it's it's uh, some sort of detail and when you want to create some detail uh, especially the petals of the flower if you are trying to uh, create some detail you definitely have to use a second layer and if you are doing a second layer at that point of time you need to wait a little bit waiting would be a very good idea if you are doing it or try to be accurate with the um, with the color on the first time try to be accurate with the value on the first time so most of the paintings that i do i do not go for so many layers my paintings are at max are three layers thick other than that i i do all my stuff within one or two layers i try to try and make sure that i don't and that helps uh, me with lot of overwork so so biggest problem with many artists is uh, overwork their work looks overworked and then it gets messy and it gets wobbly it gets muddy as well because you're adding seven layers of paint and what happens with seven layers of paint is you are exercising the same phenomena of uh, of pigment mixing and there is uh, water in every addition and that water is interfering with the first layer second layer third layer fourth layer so at this point of time your uh, your mix is immensely you know uh, i i would say messed up and at that point of time it might look muddy so if your colors are great and um, yeah it might look a little bit definitely it will look muddier and in, uh, in that case so uh keeping down the number of layers definitely helps but uh it's a it's a personal choice and also it depends a lot on the style of the painting so the 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 style i paint in is it it looks more like andrew white watercolors and which i i feel has lesser layers lesser number of layers like i wouldn't say that it has more than 3 to 4 layers so that's the style i paint in but if you are learning from uh, or if you are following a different school of thoughts it's very subjective you know uh, and none of them are right none of them are wrong there's no one right way to do it but if you if you are following uh, a multi layer composition in that case you definitely need to uh, to think about what's going to happen when i uh, put more layer to that and definitely the number of time the amount of time increases with the number of layers you add because i would suggest to wait until until and unless you want to blend something uh, while your layer is going on you put up another color and that's perfectly fine because you are intentionally blending something and when you are blending something i i suppose that there is a uh there's a scope of of uh scope of a bigger area in that case only you are doing a blend in case of smaller area it doesn't even matter uh if you if you blend so yeah another thing that uh, i observe is the ease of painting you know so um the ease of painting is why why painting is easier than drawing you might have seen a lot of artists who are great at painting and not at drawing because painting is much more controlled 
uh, as you are working on local areas, you work one small part at a time. So if I give a child a task to, you know, create a line from point A to point B and, the, and point A to point B is two centimeters. So the length of the stroke that you're, you're, you're painting in the beginning is just two centimeters or three centimeters. So to control a stroke of two to three centimeters is far more easier than to control a stroke which is 15 centimeter long. And that makes it a lot more easier. And but as at the same time, it also takes a little bit longer to cover that 15 centimeter because you're you're painting like two to three centimeters at a time. So, yeah. And in case of big washes, you don't have to be accurate. So that's why in case of big, big washes in watercolor, you go wild and there is like very ex very little expectation of control from you from the art itself so it, it painting uh, becomes far easier uh, than than drawing itself and while in case of drawing what you have to do is you have to um, like you know see the holistic picture and you you try to finish a curve that is that's why i, I take uh, drawing in i look drawing in terms of shapes only in terms of shapes uh, if, if I'm doing a figurative work or if I'm doing a portrait work in that case I may not look it as a shape I, I try and look uh, it more as a human head itself and and try and implement uh, the knowledge of anatomy that uh, that I have so but other than that if I'm painting or drawing uh, any other object other than human being, I simply look at it in terms of shapes, uh, because they are, if they are man-made objects, they are pretty much geometrical in in nature, and and if you are painting uh, landscapes or um, or God-made objects or or natural objects, you you definitely see them in a pre-recognized shape. Uh, they are not personalities. So you, you just look at them as a shape and I try to look, look at them as a two-dimensional shape at first and the form will come and the three dimension, third dimension will come in the form of painting. So shapes and form, I painting is a process of converting shapes into forms. That's uh, that I would, in, in its simplest form, it can be termed as that. And yeah, so that's also another way you can control your painting so you have a shape and um, you want to create it into a terms of form so in in very small academia in, in, in the very early levels of uh, academic work what uh, what we do is we 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 try to learn each and every um, the shading that each and every line that you are creating inside the object is intention to create a form. So you, if you're painting or drawing a sphere um, and it's just a circle, if you're drawing a, uh, if you're trying to paint a sphere, first of all, it is a circle from any angle you see it. The, the, so it's a circle as a shape, but how do you, 
how do you make sure that it looks like a, a sphere? You create values around it. So once you create values around the sphere, it takes a form. It takes a form and that becomes, uh, yeah, and that becomes your, uh, your thing. Uh, so that's the painting. And while creating more, uh, getting closer to the form, in watercolor, unfortunately, we go through so many layers and that's what makes this process difficult. And that's why watercolor is one of the toughest medium to work on. And in case of oil, you can always, you have a choice of correction. So uh, you're doing the same thing in oil. You're putting up so many layers, but you have a control Z. You have a undo by by putting, uh, you have a chance to, to, to reverse your action. In worker, you do not get that chance to reverse your action. There are so many ways you can still uh, correct, you can still make correction in watercolor, uh, but I will have a def uh, definitely a different episode for that whole thing um, that where I'm going to talk about how to correct your watercolor if you have made any mistakes, how to correct your watercolor. Of course, you cannot uh, like correct it uh, to the levels. You can correct it in, in the oil painting or in the gouache or in acrylic. Uh, watercolor is the only medium where you have very limited choices when it comes to to correction but I have done it I have done it to uh, very high levels and uh, and uh, I have uh, devised some tools some um, I have devised uh, some techniques uh, to one of the techniques that definitely most of the artists use is they do not use it as a correction tool but you can lift color with having some water just some fresh water in your in your brush and you and you just rub it a little bit on the on the place where you think there is too much color that you you didn't need it and you do it very carefully and have a tissue and just wipe it off yeah so while talking about tissue i just wanted to uh, to uh, share another thought that is going to make your painting a lot more cleaner and that is tissue so always make sure that in your left hand if you're a right-hander and you have a brush in your right hand you have a tissue in your left hand when you're doing more delicate or more vulnerable washes which are having a little bit more water and you are uh, supposed to you know overlap between two layers so let's say you have a background which is lighter in color but that color uh, when mixed with the foreground uh, creates a dark color so for instance let's say you are painting an apple and apple is mostly red in color and you have um, you have a blue background or blue wall in the background in that case what will happen is um, you you paint Either you paint the, the blue line first, the, the, the blue wash first, or the apple first. It's, it's a choice, but it's always a good idea to paint the background, and I always end up doing the opposite. I am so excited to paint that I paint the main, main part, uh, the main subject in, in, in the beginning, and then I do, uh, and uh, then I do the rest. But what will happen, even if your wash is very light in the background, if it touches that red somewhere, 
it will create a black outline and we are trying to avoid edges so watercolor in watercolor it's very easy to get edge in oil it's very difficult to get a very clear edge uh, so at that point of time i mean in oil also you can get uh, the edge easily but it's like you know the the, the the quality of the brushes, the, the, the construction of the oil brushes are such that it is meant to blend. That is, it, it's meant to blend nicely. In, in case of watercolor, you, you, uh, you do a stroke and it immediately creates, it immediately creates an edge above on the top of the brush and on the bottom side of the brush. You definitely create edges. And that's that's uh, another danger. And how you can overcome this is you keep a brush aside, and you slowly and that br that brush only has water in very limited quantity, and you slowly wipe off the top edge and the bottom edge, and you you slowly make uh, that edge fade. So you, that's the edge uh, removal. So that's another trick to make your painting cleaner. And number three trick, which should be actually number one, is so you might have also seen in my Skillshare classes, what I do is I strategize a painting. And a strategizing a painting has so much benefit. Planning ahead in your, in your mind that what I'm going to do. And it does not have to be, you know, a 10 step, 10 step agenda. It could be just three major steps that what are you going to paint first? What are you going to paint second? What are you going to paint third? So even if you do this little uh, technique inside your head and you always have that head, uh, have this agenda in your mind, uh, even if you're uh, not doing the strategy, but if you strategize a little bit more, I'm not saying you have to go through a huge level of micro planning or micromanagement, you just have to be sure that what color, how much will be the intensity and how many layers. So if you take, let's say your painting has four major parts or uh, four major things to do. In that case, uh, you can always strategize for just one single part, which is the most crucial part. Or like, let's say you have three subjects and number one is your hero in that painting and to that subject you can plan a little bit better and the second plan a little bit lesser third it's okay if you if you plan or not like you know since you are in the flow of painting with discipline the third one will be better itself already by itself so you do not need to worry so much so much so about that so planning ahead definitely helps and now I want to say um, why tissue is such a big friend of yours while, while painting is. So let's say you, are, you have an inclined surface and, and you're doing the, in case of uh, landscapes, I always do the background first. And the background is usually a sky or maybe a sea or some water, uh, uh, some water body or something like that, or even trees which requires, um, let's say, a huge wash and in the beginning and which is very wet in nature. In that case, you know, uh, you can always uh, control the dip. You can always control. 
So the gravity will do its job. It will try to pull the water down. And if you have tissue, you can just, you know, wipe it off a little bit. And the reaction time matters a lot. If you have even painted with the darkest color and you immediately put a, put down the tissue on that particular part, provided the other areas are dry, it will pick up the color instantly and it will it will do lesser damage. So you, your tissue helps you in the beginning, you know, you don't have a lot of control at that point of time. What you can do is you can try to impose some control through an external help, which is a tissue. So at that point, uh, this will help you immensely. And uh, do try it and you will see a significant change in your painting. You'll see a very significant uh, change in your painting because these are small, small things. And you do this, do this error in almost every part of painting. But if you eradicate this small thing in each part, your painting immediately as overall uh, painting, it becomes a much better work, a much better piece of work, a much cleaner piece of work. So tissues like, you know, I can't over, um, I, I can't oversell them, but it's definitely good to have tissues uh, with uh, tissues around you. So that's, uh, that's another way to control watercolor and to keep your work clean. And last in, in the last that uh, what can uh, keep your um, watercolor clean uh, your painting clean is keeping your palette clean in the beginning and also your brush clean in the beginning so uh, you know it's it's very easy to catch dust from here and there or maybe you know the brush hair itself falls off and 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 some adulteration that might uh, come uh, like from other paint pigments uh, while you are mixing your paint in the palette uh, you all of a sudden you have mixed something besides it so try and clean your paint as clean as possible within the palette itself if you keep your palette organized it will definitely keep your painting organized by default it's uh, it's it's uh, it's just a given it's just a given that if you have a cleaner uh, working palette of course my palette looks very very um, messy but i know which area is what and the areas that i'm working on you have a mind map where you map your palette that this is the place i'm um, on purpose i'm going to keep this color ready uh, because watercolor is also very immediate medium you do not get a lot of chance to you know it it, it has to be on the flow and um, that's one of the fun of watercolor as well that uh, you're constantly painting you're constantly you're not taking rest it's <laughs> watercolor is like a cardio uh, in 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 terms of uh, in terms of exercises it's like a cardio you're doing it like one after another one after another yeah but you also need to take rest to keep the painting dry if you are working in layers let the layer dry and then work I hope it, I hope it uh, helped you. And I came out. I recorded this episode because I saw uh, that message, and I had this in mind uh, to talk about this topic uh, from from longer time. And thank you so much again, Todd uh, Todd Ziegler, uh, for reaching out. Uh, 
and if you guys have any question i always try to answer and i'm not a very uh, big artist uh, or i do not have that much ego to begin with i'm a, um, uh, frankly uh, the reason is i'm not that big as an artist so you can all, i'm very approachable uh, do send do send me a message and i i try and reply if you want to keep your question confidential do mention it in the um in the message that uh, please do not take my name or do not uh uh put out this question i will not i may answer that question in the podcast uh, in a different episode uh, without taking out the names but if you want to keep uh, like some sort of, some sort of request like that it's completely fine with me um i feel really really happy to help and um and i'm getting some feedbacks which are very very elevating to me and thank you so much it definitely increases my confidence and also the growth of this podcast i am very close to the 2000 downloads and just by the episode 15 uh it's uh it's it's not huge for others uh, but it, it's it's a very big moment for me and thank you for doing that one thing that you can do uh, is rate or review this podcast and give it a, give it good feedback in the bottom it will help uh, to grow this podcast it's, it's i just recently i was reading about, about how to grow your podcast and it turns out reviews really help to bring it in the uh, to bring it out to more people and uh, by these talks by these discussions i just want to help more and more people and as much i can i will try and i will try my best it will mean a lot to me if you reach out or uh, just put out a review or just give the ratings uh, on the apple podcast or wherever you're listening the podcast if you give it a rating it definitely boosts the podcast and it will help me keep this podcast alive thank you so much do ch- check out my skillshare class last week i've painted two paintings um, and the both are on my instagram one is a figurative painting and it's called the uh, womb of uh, womb of earth of mother earth and it's a figurative painting inside trapped inside a rock a woman uh, trying to to sit inside a rock that's the painting and it it turned out to be very realistic uh, visually striking but very realistic painting do check out that painting and another painting that i have is um i've created uh, actually i've created two more winter paintings since it's it's winter time christmas is coming so both of them are snow painting and one of the paintings that i have done is the snow and the sky and the trees even the trees are of the same color same color mix but they all of them three look very very different so do check out that painting uh that's my latest on my instagram that painting is latest on my instagram so you can check that one out and please uh if you have skillshare do check my uh, check out my skillshare classes just uh, search I, i'll put down everything in the link uh in the description and um, what i try and do in my skillshare classes is i put up i take a painting and i finish that painting while have a particular theory in mind that what do i need to teach 
in my class today and it has uh, various topics starting from uh, textures uh, to washes so that that has been uh, my painting uh, um, my sculpture class the biggest highlight is i try and provide a strategy for each painting a little bit of subject study and planning the painting so you can learn some planning from there and try and keep my class shorter and to the point at the same time i also make sure that you can see all my brush strokes so it's a real time painting not uh, uh, not a time lapse painting so you can benefit immensely from my skillshare classes please do check out enroll if you do not have skillshare classes a skillshare uh, it's completely fine if you do not have a skillshare login uh, you can just check out my work on instagram and but if you have a skillshare account i would definitely again use that help uh, to grow myself and another thing that i'm trying to do on my skillshare classes right now is i'm taking feedback from some of my listeners and it was uh, strikingly a, uh, an eye opener to me that i know so many things that i can teach but what is exactly a beginner want to learn that i didn't know so i'm uh, so i'm delaying my next class so that i can increase uh, my production value a little bit higher um, i'm getting a new table just for that Uh, just for shooting that stuff very clearly and scripting it down to the right questions that my listeners are asking so uh, uh, other day uh, one of the listeners has pointed out that what they wanted to learn and now i can understand like what a class should be like so i'm i'm coming up uh, with that class and that class will be a little bit more extensive and more exercise based uh, it may have lesser of a complete painting but more on uh, having uh, you will definitely get a complete painting by the end of that as well but i will this time i will try and put out more and more techniques more and more theory that how it is done and why it is done yeah so thank you so much uh, for listening today's episode and do check out my other episodes uh and uh, i think a uh, couple of my episode that i have put out very good knowledge that i have about composition so there's there's two episodes on composition so the latest one which ha- which says composition has a holistic picture is a great episode to listen and my first episode if you have any doubts about the material and you know we always talk about material and we think that we know it all uh, but it's uh, it's good to all to listen to the Uh, the first uh, my first podcast it will definitely help you and give you a different perspective on material uh, it's more on economy side so do check out that because watercolor is not an uh, not an uh, not an very easy and not affordable for everyone um, and most of us are working professionals and and some can afford it some cannot afford it so definitely check out that episode that how you can um afford your watercolor painting and still maintain the quality so thank you so much for listening uh, i can't thank enough to todd and nico uh, for reaching out and do reach out to, to me uh, everyone else do rate me on uh, apple podcast and uh, please make it a success so that more people can get help out of this podcast 
थैंक यू सो मच बाय